On episode 96 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, strategic planning for the new year with Chip and Kent. You've got to slow down to speed up. And I think we get wrapped up in doing that we don't stop and take time to reflect and look for patterns. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. The new year is right around the corner. How prepared is your business for the future? 360 Solutions CEO Chip Wilson and CJ Baxter Group founder Kent Hutchison talk about making a plan and asking the hard questions. But if you just say, okay, we lost, forget about it, let's move on to the next game, without going back and analyzing what did we do right or wrong and looking at the game film and looking at the mistakes and thinking through it, that's how you improve. Let's listen. All right, well, welcome back to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. We have two extra awesome surprises. We have Chip back in the studio. It's been quite a while, Chip. I know. And we also have Kent, and I feel like the last time that we had all of us in a room together, it was like two years ago. It was was several years ago. I think it was two or three locations ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, welcome, and you're in town to watch your college play Baylor. It was a, it was, I was in town for uh, the, the basketball game. It was, a, it was a very good game. It was a good game. It, it was, was, a, really it was game. a very good game. Uh, yeah, it bring a, it up, Chip. Sorry about it that. Was a, yeah. It was a close game. It was a close it game. It was a close game. We lost it. Uh, we it's still preseason. It's still preseason. It, it, yeah, but we did okay. Excellent. So what are we talking about today, gentlemen? Kent and I, over dinner last night, and then at the game, we started talking about this time of year and how we kind of look at the year and we kind of assess how to go, what do we think, you know, what's our plans for next year? We get excited, so on and so forth. And we talked about how I go through a plan of evaluating. He goes through a different plan, how we work with our clients on these different plans. And we thought mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's no rhyme or reason 100% on the steps to take, but it's critical. And we all agree upon the fact that it's critical to go through a process. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It's You've got to do it. Yeah, and absolutely. so so often organizations don't, they talk about it, but they don't do any type of strategic planning or any type of planning process at all. And this really this time of year, and any time of the year is a good time to plan. So what are the best steps if I'm an organization and I'm looking to plan for 2019 to kind of go through in order to make sure that I have a, a good year? To me, there's a couple of things you just right off the bat, and, it's, and Chip and I, I think, agree on some of these. You know, you really got to think about where you are as an organization. You've got to stop and assess. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we skip that step, or I see a lot of organizations skip that step. Wouldn't you agree, Chip? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, oh, we already know where we're at. Let's talk about the future. Let's well, we're get... too busy to do that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and, and in part of that, too, when they start talking about the future, they really start setting goals mm-hmm. or setting, and that's really, to me, that's just forecasting. Mm-hmm. When they start setting, hey, we're going to, this is what we're, our sales goals are going to be for the quarter, or these are activities we're going to do, that's not strategic planning. That's forecasting. That's mm. It doesn't take into account where you are right this minute. That's right. Well, and one of the reasons why they don't like to do that is because you got to take a, a real serious look at where we're at, you know, warts and all. And a lot of times people don't want to take the time to do that because then it, you know, they look at it. If they've had a great year, okay, yeah, let's pause and, t- and pat ourselves on the back. But if they haven't, if they've underperformed or they haven't done some of the things they said they were going to do, to stop for a minute and say, okay, let's truly assess why did we not do what we said we were going to do? Well, and I think also when you skip that step of not assessing, you're assuming that everybody on the team understands where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a misnumber, too. I think a lot of folks don't understand our CEOs and managers, owners of businesses. They assume that the frontline employee knows everything they know, and they mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so if I'm a business that's never done this sort of work before, never actually looked back at what I'm doing, what's, what are some of the steps that you would take some of your clients through? You know, I have a five-step process I do. One is, you know, I start off really by being reflective and focusing. I mean, I really, number one, take time to reflect deeply. And that's looking at the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And you really got to pause. You know, Charlie Atkinson, and I've used this quote all the time, Charlie Atkinson, an old Sunday school teacher of mine, told me, he says, can't, can't was a three-syllable word, can't. <laughs> he says, can't, you've got to slow down to speed up. Hmm. You've got to slow down to speed up. And I think we get wrapped up in doing that we don't stop and take time to reflect and look for patterns, mm-hmm. looking for any correlations of why when we did this, this happened, mm-hmm. good and bad. Maybe our sales went down because we lost, we had a high turnover. You know, we just don't, we start saying, well, we had a bad year. Mm-hmm. We're not doing our job. You really got to start looking at all those insights, those patterns, those correlations. Two, you've got to dig into the root problems. I use the ask yourself why five times minimum. Yeah. You know, why does this happen? Well, why did that happen? Why did that? And you keep trying to get down to the root cause. You know, it's funny. You, you say that sort of thing. And I heard, Chip, you said this recently when we were working with our charity champions, the asking yourself why five times. So I'm yeah. like, you can either actually ask yourself why five times or talk to a three-year-old because they seem to ask why after every single <laughs> That's right. It's intuitive for a three-year-old. Well, I mean, you know, if you're getting down to the root cause, I mean, for example, if you're struggling with accounts receivable, you might need to look at your delivery process or how you structure your engagements mm-hmm. versus... You know, how many times did you email the client demanding payment? Right. I mean, you really got to look at that. Also, the second part of that, of digging into the root columns, you can't blame people. I'm a big believer when there's a problem, you can't blame people. You've got to look at the systems. People are only as good as the systems they operate in. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, if someone didn't do their job, they didn't know the boundaries, that's one thing. But it might be the fact that you never defined the boundaries in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so you, re- you got to really dig into the root problems. The third, uh, you know, my five-step process, my third step is review your strategy and position. You really go back and look at what you review it and, and say, okay, what do I need to focus on? Then number four is out of those priorities, you got to pick a handful. You, you don't have the energy to do all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip and I last night, we must have brainstormed probably 20 ideas for not only 360 Solutions, but also CJ Baxter Group of what we could do. We can't do them all. We don't have the time or energy to do them all. Right. We're going to have to pick one or two, you know, maybe three to really focus on. And the final piece is communicate, communicate, communicate. You've got to get all your stakeholders and communicate your strategy to them. And that might include, you know, vendors and, and partners and even clients communicating your strategy to your clients so they understand. And I think so often we don't communicate. Uh, so just to recap, just real quick, high level, you know, take, take time to reflect dig into the root problems, review your strategy, choose a handful of priorities, and then communicate with your stakeholders is my process. And now yeah. Chip has a very similar process. Well, I do, but you have the organizational side, but then you have to have people execute on the strategy. You have mm-hmm. to get the team to execute on the strategy. So I take a little similar approach, but I'll focus with the individual people that are on my team if I'm leading them, and I take them through a really simplistic three steps. The mm-hmm. first is you know, get them to understand where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. Where am I at with my career, my family, my choices, my behaviors, my attitudes, and really take stock every year. Okay, where am I at right now? Am I in a good spot? Do I feel engaged at work? Am I, do I feel like I'm on a career path that makes sense? Am I being challenged enough? How open and honest am I with myself, my spouse, my, my boss, my coworkers? Am I resentful, but I'm not sharing it? Or am I really excited about the future? But so this is really deep for like every employee. You want them to really look at not only how are they doing at work, but also how are they doing in their personal life? Oh, absolutely. Okay. As a leader, 
you know, leadership is about relationships with the people that you work with and the people that work for you. And so you constantly have to work on building that. But all leadership starts with self-leadership. Mm-hmm. You got to look in the mirror and you got to look at really take stock of where you're at right now and be real about it. Then step two is where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. I know it yeah. sounds simplistic, no, but, but it's yeah. it's that gap between where I'm at and where I want to be. Well, we talked about that over breakfast this morning about our weight, where we want to yeah. be. I mean, you know, where, <laughs> no. we wanna be. where are we? Yeah, and, you know, get on the scale; it'll tell you exactly where you're at. Right. <laughs> uh, then you say, okay, where do I want to be? Right. And then you got to tie that. Okay, when I say here's where I want to be, how realistic is it? You know, to say I want to drop. 100 pounds is unrealistic. It's, yeah. It doesn't even make sense. So how realistic is it? What are the benefits if I do? Some of the payoffs, rewards, those kind of things. So get them to identify where they're at. A lot of people love that part. Right. You know, they want to skip the where I'm at. They want to go straight to where do I want to be. That's me, for sure. Yep. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then the third step is put a plan together of how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's where am I, where do I want to be, and what's the plan to get there? Right. And that plan is tying the personal goals to the organizational goals and making sure that they align and that my activities, my lead measures, that I, the things that I do on a regular basis, influence the things that the organization wants, the team wants, and that I want, and that it all aligns perfectly, and that ties back to everything Kent was talking about, I'll, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate. The two steps I see skipped in my, in my model all the time is the fact they don't take time to reflect. Yeah. We, just, we skip over that because we assume well, – everybody, everybody was here last year. When well, That's fine, but we – we may not be aligned in our same terminology. We haven't gone through that experience together. Mm-hmm. And then the second piece there is, is we we forget to communicate to all of our stakeholders. So what questions should you be able to answer when you're like reflecting on yourself? Because for me, I'm trying to think, I don't know exactly how you would go about facilitating a process to actually ask yourself the right questions to get the kind of feedback you need for the next year. That's a what's a <laughs> boy. That's a tough. That's a tough question. But I mean, it, it really you do have to start thinking about. Uh, of course, I'm a journalist, or to me, it's easy for me personally is I go back and look to my journal. What 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 goals did I set down for myself throughout right. the year? What milestones that I that I celebrate throughout the year, and were they the right milestones? So sometimes I look back and wow, I celebrated a lot of successes, but those were successes I didn't even start off the year with. It's kind of like having a scoreboard. Yeah. And you know, we went to a basketball game last night. You you watch the scoreboard. There's so much time left. You know what the score is. You know how many players are playing. What their stats are. A quick little visual. And so in looking back, you look at what were the key result areas that I set up at the beginning of the year? How did I measure them? How many did I I win or lose based on the scoreboard that I set up? Well, and talking about the scoreboard metaphor last night when we were looking at the game, and, and yes, my team came out on top. But we were looking at the stats. We were looking at turnovers. We were looking at steals. We were looking Mm -hmm. at fouls. And I even said it, what, about halfway through, I said – Baylor should be up, you know, higher score. The score should be different. Mm-hmm. Baylor should be winning based on the number of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Their, their metrics is show that they should have done better. Yeah. And at the, at the end of the game, even though we came out, you know, we won by one point. A win is a win, right? Looking yeah. at the stats, though, there were some key mistakes. You've got to look at your stats. That's such a good analogy that even if you have the best stats, even if you're really tracking for the best things, you can still lose. Right. Oh, absolutely. So what happens, and this is where the taking stock of where you're at and reflecting, after the game was over, Kent and I got in the car and we were driving. I said, I want to listen to the post-game show. So we turned on the radio and the coach was on. He was talking about it, and he was talking about the stats. And they had 18 turnovers. They had more turnovers and assists and different mm-hmm. things. And, and so they will analyze the game. They'll go back and they'll watch the game film. They'll look at every play. They'll look at what they did right, what they did wrong, try and improve. 
But if you just say, okay, we lost, forget about it, let's move on to the next game, without going back and analyzing what did we do right or wrong and mm. looking at the game film and looking at the mistakes and thinking through it, that's how you improve. But a lot of people and organizations don't watch the metaphoric game film. Right. Yeah. We don't go back and replay this year and and dissect the game film. Because we don't have time, Chip. We have to get. We have to move. We have to go put another fire out. We have to run around. You know. And I think. Yeah. And that's what I see with clients is that we were so driven about trying to get to the results, we forget to slow down, to speed up. We we forget that. You know. And I guarantee you, last night they were looking at stats. I guarantee you this morning, those coaches right now. I bet there was been coaches in the office already this morning. Oh yeah. Looking at the game film, looking at stats again talking about plays they played, whether they played well on offense or defense. And we need to do that in organizations as well, looking at our people. Did we onboard our people right? I was working with a construction company in Beaumont, and that was one of the things we looked at was our safety record had gotten better over the years, but we still had a high turnover. We still had guys going out in the field, guys and gals going out in the field that weren't ready. And we realized that we were rushing the process. And once again, going back to looking at process, and we looked at our onboarding process Mm-hmm. And once we so we focused on that one year, and by when we when we made a focus on slowing down mm-hmm. and working on the process, our people got stronger. The metaphor yeah. of looking at the game film, if if leaders of organizations or leaders of people once a quarter said, let's let's review the last quarter, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, and ta- uh, take stock again. Where are we at? Where do we want to be? How are we doing on our plan? You don't need an annual performance review or even a quarterly. It could be a monthly, a weekly, a daily. It's a, it's a look back. It's a, it's, it's a debrief. You really yeah. got to do – and let's say looking at that insight, patterns, correlations, what happened. Now, one of the, the, the components of strategic planning or setting the next year that is – I know it's a part of Kent's process and mine as well is – is somewhat forecasting some assumptions about the future. How's the environment going to affect our industry or our our employees? Because you can't know for sure. Yeah, you no. can't know for sure. So you, you have to make some hypothesis, some guesses about what the future is going <laughs> to be. Tough decisions. Yeah, tough decisions. And strategy is a as much about, you know, it's a set of conscious choices of how we're going to add value into the future. And it's as much about deciding what we're not going to do as it is what we're going to do. You know, you and I, this morning at breakfast, you get excited about all the possibilities of things that you can do. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to sit down and say, okay, we can't be all things to all people. We can't mm-hmm. do everything. What are we going to choose not to do? Well, and then there's even some ideas we got excited. Oh, I got really excited. And I even finally, I took a breath and I said, well, Chip, I'm just, I'm dreaming about it. I'm not going to do that because mm-hmm. I, I've already run the numbers. <laughs> it's financial now, but it's still a dream I have, and it doesn't mean I can't keep keep that in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. But I really got to focus my energy, my time, my limited time. We never have enough time. That was the time metric paradox. We never have enough time, but we have all there is. And, yeah. <laughs> and so I've really got to plan for the next year, for the next quarter, and I've got to focus on those actionable items that will move the ball down the court. Mm-hmm. So I know it's different for every company, every industry. But when you're working with an organization that has struggled to meet certain results in the past, what are some of the metrics that you're looking at with them to help them kind of see for the future? I know, like, you know, if you're profitable, that's a pretty easy metric, right? So yeah. Something like that. Well, one of the things that I struggle with when I go into an organization that's been successful, but now they're struggling. The biggest issue that I run into is that somebody came up with an idea, the organization agreed to it, and this person owns this whatever it is, whether it's a product line, whether it's a division, whether it's an initiative, and nobody wants to say that dream is dead, let's kill it. Because John Doe or Mary Sample 
started that and it's their baby and they love it and that's their thing and so now we have 10 people with 10 things that they all have a vested interest in so when they show up to the meeting they're there to fight for their thing Mm -hmm. that they're into and even if it's not making money or if it's not part of the mission anymore or whatever else, it's tough to say. It's a pride thing. Yeah, it's tough to say, okay, let's kill that baby over there that you've been raising. <laughs> right. You know, because people feel that way about their initiative, and that's mm-hmm. the tough part. And then there's also the sunk cost fallacy where you've mm-hmm. spent so much time and so much money in it, it's got to be profitable at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah, eventually somebody's going to see what we see, you know, and yeah. they don't always. They don't, that's right. Well, even us this morning, we were, we were, you know, having that conversation. Yeah. About, we see, we see the vision, but it still hadn't made a profit yet. Yeah. So it, it, again, yeah. circle back around it, getting people to be real about where they're at and making conscious decisions about how we're going to add value this next coming year. And what are we going to do more of and less of getting people to let go of stuff that they've invested in that's not working anymore mm-hmm. is the hardest part at least for me it is no it, it really is it, we, we're, we're just we have limited time we just have that limited time energy and resources and that's why strategic planning is so important and it's not just organizations that are struggling that need to do this if you're wildly successful you probably need to take a real good assessment of yourself and saying what makes us successful how do we duplicate that success also you know you were asking what kind of questions not only you know profitability but even if you're profitable, you may still have some cost. You might be more profitable if you look at your cost, mm-hmm. your people. Start looking and developing your people and investing in your people, hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to make sure our t- team is staying sharp, You know, keeping your act sharp? Yeah, even if you're really profitable and really successful, you may be doing that in spite of yourself. And if you don't have a good plan to stay there, you may find yourself taking a nosedive at some point. Exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. Exactly. It, money and success always covers up inefficiency. And when the money and success starts to fade because what we're doing isn't working anymore, then the inefficiencies become so glaring at that point because we don't have chaos and, and money and success to cover it up. Now we're looking at it going, have we always been this inefficient and we just never noticed it? Are we noticing it now because we're forced to look at in the mirror? I try and explain to my clients, let's look in the mirror before we're forced to. Right. Let's really take stock of where we're at figure out where we want to be that's the fun part and then the plan to get there is a balancing act of accountability and skill set and do we have the right people and do we have enough capital and are we going to market it effectively and all these different moving parts which is the accountability and execution side of it which is where right you know the people. Well, it's making decisions i mean it's it's, it's yeah. more i agree we've got to set those targets but that's forecasting and mm-hmm. you've got to do that but the strategic planning is about making decisions. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It just means the fact that, hey, we can't do Billy's project because we don't have the resources. It's still a good, valid project. We just felt like these other two projects were more valuable to the organization. It's about making hard decisions. And that's what strategic planning, if you had to really note, drive it down, strategic planning is about making decisions, not just forecasting. And to make a point that I think is really important is organizational efficiency is not the same thing as strategic planning. Right. They are not the same thing. And sometimes organizations get that confused. They think, you know, let's get really good and, and more efficient at what we do. And that's part of our long-term strategic plan is to get really, really good at this one thing. No, you have to do that regardless. Right. The strategy is about how do we, how do we compete into the future? How do we add more value to the people that are going to spend the money with this? Organizational efficiency should happen regardless. 
you can be really efficient with a bad strategy and go yeah. out of business. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. it, it's not, they are not the same thing. So working with a established company that's been around a long time, I would see where it'd be easy for you to say like, traditionally this has worked. And so we're going to keep going down that road. How do you include in your strategic plan ideas and visions for the future that may not be proved out by being profitable yet? It's all about making decisions and leaders sometimes have to do as much research as possible, a hypothesis on what the future is going to look like and then make decisions and try and execute. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And yeah. that's part of the looking back side when you say, okay, this year, if you had nothing but wins, you weren't taking enough risk. Right. Oh, you, I agree that I agree with that. So you're going to have losses. The question is, were these losses something that we did wrong? And if so, how do we fix it? How do we make sure we don't do that again? But you've got to constantly be looking at the future saying this is the we're anticipating here's what's coming and we got to work towards it entrepreneurs to leaders to everybody if you're not making mistakes there's you're not trying hard enough and it's a balancing act between you know you have to take a certain amount of risk so that you can be profitable but you don't want to take too much so that you have all your eggs in one basket right right, you need to mitigate your risk and and that's part of that strategic planning making the hard decisions to meet your forecast yeah one of my favorite questions in strategic planning when i'm working with clients is what's your risk tolerance Let's talk about it. We're, come, we're brainstorming, coming up with all these great ideas. A lot of these ideas are going to take time and money and resources. So what's our risk tolerance here? Mm-hmm. We need this to be profitable in one year, and we're going to put X amount of dollars and time into it. At the end of one year, if there's momentum and it's going well, but we still haven't been profitable, are you going to roll into year two? Are you willing to take that risk? And if there's a hard no, well, then your risk tolerance is fairly low, so you, you're going to have to, you know, really take that into consideration when making choices. I, I would agree with that 100%. And, and you might change your product line. It might change the way you do things. Mm-hmm. This is a good time of year to, to be doing strategic planning, but really any time of the year you can do this. And it doesn't have to be – I just think this time of year we tend to focus on it toward the end of the year, the start of a new year. We start focusing on it. It's no different than weight loss or any type of goal-setting, New Year's resolutions. But really strategic planning can start at any process. The key is have a plan you got to have a plan. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming in today. I'm going to start putting together my strategic plan for 2019. (laughs) We all should do. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.